Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This will be episode 27, I believe. Yes, it is. Yes, episode 27. I am uh, the director of Nintendo World Report, Stephen Rodriguez. Uh, normally, uh, my compatriot over to my uh, virtual chair to my right, uh, Michael Cole, would be hosting, but uh, he is apparently really tired and grouchy and cranky about Windows Vista or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a new laptop, and I'm not sure it's going to work for Radio Trivia, so I need to work out some kinks. So we're stuck with this crappy microphone with lots of static. Sorry, guys. It's all good. I'm sure they really don't care about how we sound. They just really care about how the music sounds. Yeah, but the music it, in the background, so, you know. What? Yeah. But anyways, this this week at a uh, podcast edition of Radio Trivia, we've got kind of a little special special edition going on. We I lamented uh, the RFN guys, you know, they got Billy Berghammer and Chris Kohler over there talking about the N64. So I thought, nuts! I can do that over here at Radio Trivia too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, last time we did a special on uh, on Johnny quizzing me on stuff. That's and, right. Uh, and l- last, last time, you didn't know any of the songs. Yeah, and because I basically forced this on you, yeah. Again, I picked all the songs. You don't know what games we're gonna do. It's only fair that both of my favorite co-hosts get to do this. I don't want to choose favorites here. I'm your favorite. Yeah, well, you keep. You saying have that. been since the beginning. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, Johnny was here before me. Not for regular trivia. Regular before. Pod- wait, me. I mean, since my beginning, like way back at sites previous to the Planet Game Cube. Era. I don't know. That's right. That's right. Uh, you can't give me away. All right. I'm gonna persist. I'm gonna persist in your life like forever. But that's just not so bad. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am laughing. Anyways, um, yeah. So if you haven't played Radio Trio before, what's wrong with you? But let's just give you the rules here. We've got uh, five different games. From each game, we play three songs. Between the second and third song, I will give you, and when I say you, I also mean you, Mister TYP. Yes, yes. A question that also that is a is a hint for people who don't know what the game is, and a challenge to for those who do. And uh, because this is an N sixty four episode, the first big giant major hint that you will get is that all five games <laughs> are N sixty four games, and considering there were only like two N64 games, it should be pretty easy. You know, throw the old dart at the dartboard, and you might just guess one. Well, um, for the record, <laughs> I, I have not listened to any of these songs. I do not know what, what Wendy has chosen. Um, in fact, I'm a little worried I'm not going to do as well this time, just because uh, Steven's taste in games and, and music is a little bit different from mine. So, um, Yes and no. Like, okay, like, I'm looking at the lineup I have here. I think one will definitely give you trouble a second one you'll probably get, and the other three should be pretty easy right, for well, you. We'll see. Is... I hope you didn't choose N64 games that we did last week. <laughs> um, no, I looked through the uh, I looked through the master list. Excellent, excellent. So yeah, and there are a lot of games I wanted to include, but I figured, well, we'll just slip in more N64 games down the road because I don't think we had that many N64 games. No, no, well, we like to, like to have variety in, in a lot of our shows. Yes, so, so I'm I am redeeming the N64. With this one, all right. Uh, now, TWP, um, I, I want you after this song to tell me how many notes it took you to figure out which game this was from. Because this is a pretty easy one. All right. All right. So go ahead and hit the first one. <laughs> 
some inkling to play Brawl. But, um... Oh, you'll have a couple more inklings later this show. <laughs> that might be a hint. Um, yeah, you said two notes. Two notes. I'm sure everybody else got that. Yeah. I'm assuming everybody else got that. So uh, with that one out of the way, let's get to the good stuff. I like that song. songs for the price of one it, yeah it kind of is <laughs> well, well we'll give them a third song for the price of one well not really <laughs> um, okay, here's, here's the uh, question for this game uh, besides this game what was the only other N64 game available to play at the time Ooh, I should know this one. Oh, you better know this one
64? It's Super Mario 64. Please, Stephen. Please. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, and uh, honestly, the first game I ever saw on the N64 was like, Cruising USA, so that threw me off a little. But the, end, oh. the answer is, is Pilot Wing 64. That's right. And then followed a few months later by Wave Race 64. Right, that was the other one I thought it might have been. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, just, you know, just that Bowser music, I have to say, that was the first time that I, I felt intimidated. Intimidated from a stage just by the music. Because hmm. when I heard that music, it was like, ooh. <laughs> this has to be <laughs> this dangerous. Kind of, this has to be kind of dangerous. Yeah. You know, not that the lava or, you know, the fireballs going back and forth did it but just that music yeah yeah that, that that's kind of melty music i like to call it well yeah i mean it, 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 it um well the first time you heard the song was actually in the dark world wasn't it well let's see bowser in the dark world is one of the let's see that came first bowser in the dark world oh, that's right the first yes one. and there you have cliffs all over the place you're like oh crap and uh big balls of fire yeah but still yeah, so. that that's just awesome yeah. music. so um I guess I already answered the question, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this, we might want to touch on the N64 launch a little bit. I mean, it was... You can listen to, like, you hear, like, Billy and all them and uh, Johnny and Evan and Chris Kohler talking about their little launch experiences, how that was kind of kind of crazy chaotic. It had, like, a street date, but it didn't... didn't Mine was a non-event because I wasn't even cognizant of the N64 when it first came out, probably. I mean, I saw it soon after it came out. At a friend's house, and that was about it. It was before I was really actively involved in, in any of the online stuff. So, for me, it was kind of a, yeah, I got it probably like a, a year after it came out, or maybe maybe less than a year. I don't know. But yeah, like for for me, like I don't remember getting it right at launch, but I remember having to sell my SNES mm. to have enough money to get my N64. Something I regretted doing. So like several years later, I just bought one of those really slimmed down model SNESs. Right. But I remember going to a Target store, and you know, I had the demos and everything. I really wanted it for the longest time. But once I had the money to actually buy it, and I like had it, and I took it home and I hooked it up, I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" And you know, all that sixty-four kid kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. I <laughs> I don't remember if I had an N sixty-four or if I rented it once before I had it. But I remember there being the only game I could get was like Mortal Kombat. For the N64. Oh, sorry, I was Killer, See, killer Instinct. I'm sorry. Killer Instinct. Uh, killer Instinct. Yeah. 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 Killer Instinct was okay on the N64. Well, but, but I'm not uh, a fighting was... game fan, so I was like, yeah. why? You know? So, um, I remember that being one of my first experiences with the N64 was, was being stuck with this game that I didn't actually want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and then I must have yeah. gotten it fairly shortly after it came out because it was like impossible to get a second controller. It was just. Yeah, that was just parents yeah. running all over the place trying to find a second controller for me. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a very interesting first couple of months, yeah. first year even for the N sixty four. But you know, it never really caught steam. And but we'll talk we'll talk about that later, I guess. So uh, let's see. So you got that one. I got that I'm sure one. everybody else got yeah. that one. That was, that that was a that was a warm up. All right, so let's uh, let's go on the next one. Get a little bit trickier now.
Honestly, I'm pretty much at a loss here. All right. You might... Well, we'll play the second one. somebody okay this this one this question might give it away yeah. uh, but that's kind of the point if you don't know it you yeah get to hint. I, I need a hint <laughs> okay actually and actually I got two questions for you the, the first question this game is part of a series what US city does this series get its name from that's the first question but the second question press the play button what's your name Nasty now. 
part is I still can't get it. I, I couldn't understand what they were spelling. Well, what's your name? I don't know. My name? You don't know what your name is? Mike. That's your name. Yeah. Congratulations, you got one of the questions right. Oh. Okay. I, I'm sorry, I'm a combination of tired and clearly don't understand what game we're talking about, so... Uh, well, let me answer you the question. Alright. Like the, This game is part of a series... And a, the U.S. city this series is named after, San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco Rush? That's right. That's the series. Oh, okay. But this game in particular is... 2049? Se- I don't know. New, it's the sequel called Rush 2 Extreme Racing USA. No way I would have gotten bar- this. I, I figured it was a racing game, but... Wow. See, you got that much at yeah. least. I was like, oh, I want, first I wanted to say it was like Extreme G, except that's a, that was a GameCube series. Like that, that was on 64. The first and the second games were on the N64. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and, and actually, you, you bring up the point I wanted to talk about is that the N64 had really a lot of good racing games. That, that was like one of his strong points. Like that in first-person shooters. Uh, <laughs> that's true. And like, you know, Mario Kart 64. F-Zero. Uh, F-Zero. All three of the uh, San Francisco La Rush games were my f- absolute favorites. Like, uh, you know, like that was one of that the game where you, if you just hit a wall, you just explode in a spherical ball of fire. You just go. <laughs> so, so what made this game stand out in particular? Well, it was a little bit different than the other. Uh, this, you're, you're familiar with the uh, San Francisco Rush games a little bit. Very vaguely, I, I have. I did play one of them briefly and watched someone play it for a while, but it's really hazy. So. Well, for me, the reason why I like it so much is because it applies the the, the Rush racing formula of you know flying through the streets of San Francisco with like the hills uh-huh. and all the landmarks and stuff but then it, it, it gets away from just the hilly air terrain of San Francisco and just kind of applies it to a general racing game across the country and mm-hmm. I like it a lot because there are some tracks that have the, like the track designs of the original like Seattle was kind of hilly in the traditional sense okay. and there was, the Alcatraz track was in there too but then you had places like LA and uh, two tracks in New York, and you had one in Hawaii, uh, Las Vegas, and they held different kinds of tracks. So, like, one Las Vegas track was pretty much flat, and you just race it. Yeah, but, and, well, this is a very arcadey game, if I remember correctly. It's not really yes. trying to be a sim, you know? It's, it's... Yeah, and, and, but the, the reason why I liked it so much, particularly number two, is that it had enough reality in it to where you'd need to do certain things. Like, I have an adage that if you need to use the brakes in a racing game, it's a good racing game. <laughs> and you do have to use the brakes to slow yourself down, otherwise you'd fly too far off a jump sure. or you just slam straight into a wall and explode your little kind of hilarious blowing up animation. But there was just so much there was so much like ex- there was exploration to do too. Like you had to find keys and Mountain Dew cans. And if you <laughs> unlock all the Mountain Dew cans, you get the Mountain Dew drag switch which is like one of the fastest cars in the game. Oh, that's what I can use right now, some new. Yeah, and like the, there was like lots of customization options for all the cars, and even the tracks. Like you could like have a turn, like turn up how much wind effect there was when you went off jumps, huh. 
and uh, you can also turn up the fog to like all the way so you can barely see where you're going. And in a nice funny touch in the LA track, it wasn't fog, it was smog. Nice. And it has even turned like a brown color. <laughs> nice. Good details, man. Yeah, but uh, the like the Rush series on the N64, it was it was one of like you know the top ones. It was one of like, more, the more popular ones uh, we played. And of course, it kind of went away on the uh, last generation, and then I mean, we kind of brought it back in this generation with just self-titled Rush, which totally sucked. I mean, I knew I knew it sucked right away when they said West Coast Customs, you can customize your cars. And right then and there, I was like, nope, game, game sucks. I don't even have to play it. <laughs> when I did play it, I, it sucked. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, and oh, by the way, that uh, that last song, that's the uh, name entry music, as you might have guessed, and it's the best name entry music in the history of video games. I see. I mean, how can you argue with that? feeling this was going to be game three <laughs> good feeling yeah. yeah I think you also know what one of the next two songs are going to be alright
Yeah. <laughs> that that that's one of my favorite sixty four songs ever. I think I would have chosen the exact same songs for this game. Well, you don't know what the third one is. I don't, yet. I don't know what the third one is. This is true. So uh, let's see. Here is our question, or your question. Uh, what are the names of the four members comprised of the evil rival team to that of our heroes? <laughs> Ooh, interesting question. One line. <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of realized we just used that song like two podcasts ago. Yeah, we, we used I think one or two of those. Few t- yeah, I mean the Star Wolf theme I know it did. Yeah, well, there was also the uh, Star Fox Assault, which we used not too long ago, which also has. Yeah, I think we used, at least used that song. Oh, but, uh, yeah, that, that that's Star Fox sixty four. In case you haven't. Yeah. Yet. So <laughs> I, I did not look this up. I didn't want to look up the question because it would ruin the spirit of it. Um, and so I, and who, I, I can't think Star of all Wolf? of them. So I, there's Wolf, obviously, Star Wolf. There's Andrew, which is, I think, the, the nephew. Uncle Andrus! Yeah, exactly. And I know there's... Um, oh, no, now it's evading me. Hold on. So there's Wolf, Andrew... Um, oh, I knew Pigma, of course. Yeah. But there's this, the other one that I can't remember, and I think is always the one that people probably forget. Um, I can't remember his name, but I'm not going to look it up, so just tell me. It's Leon. Leon, yeah. yeah. He's Leon, the, he's, the, he's, he's the sophisticated one, right? 
Yeah, like a wolf is the leader. Pigma was like a, a trained uh, heavy. Right. Thing. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew. Yes, yeah. And then Leon was like the sophisticated guy. Yeah. And then, uh, then Assault, Andrew left to like, you know, seek him death or vengeance or something. And then the Lady Killer Panther joined to start with. So yeah, that's uh, Wolf, Leon, Pigma, and Andrew... Star Wolf. You'd think I would know that, but I stopped looking at the names after a certain point. So I have I have played it recently, but it just you don't you don't read them all, you know. So yeah, that that's why I asked that question because like I know everyone would know of them, yeah. but they won't remember the names. That's right. that's why our hidden questions are so awesome. Yeah, that was a good question. That was a very good question, and I love this game. It's it's one of those games that I never really considered my favorite game, but I always come back to and always have fun playing. So. I, I think by just nature of me, how frequently I've gone back to it, I have to say it's my second favorite game ever. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my top like five yeah, definitely I mean, four games. Yeah. Mario Three, I I seem to go back to as many times as I can, even if I'm sick <laughs> of even if I'm sick of it, I wind up playing it still. Um, and but and conveniently, Nintendo offers a new way for you to buy it. <laughs> yes. Um, Star Star Fox 64, I, I still just only own the N64 version. And I, I, it's the only Star Fox game I own, I think. It's the only one I really like. And it's really frustrating. And that, that, that's because I think the thing that's the last one a lot of people like is even though Command was pretty good and Assault was alright, I guess, it, it's really the last true, I guess you could say, Star Fox game. The way it should Absolutely. be, not the way Nintendo wants it to be. And it like, but like between you know picking this music, and they also have the, uh, the Star Fox demo, three minute Star Fox demo on in, in Smash uh-huh. Brothers in Brawl. So between that and this, I really have to go buy the game now for the console. Right, mine's still kicking on the N sixty four, so I, I don't really have a need. But um, man, I would I would have loved to still I would love to still my N sixty four. Like I kept like I learned my lesson with, with the N sixty four on my sold my SNES. So this time I thought, well, I have a job now. So I don't need to sell my N64, so I'm gonna keep it. But it had been, I, and I wanted to keep it. Then my my sister kind of pressured me into like giving it to my nieces. That's what that's happened or, to me with my present. GBC. So I lost Wario Land too. Um, yeah. To the to the forced gift. I wish somebody would re-gift me back my N64. <laughs> Nintendo will at a, at a cost. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> uh, they got enough of my money as it is. <laughs> so. Alright, so. I that can't was, uh... stop this thing! <laughs> Fox, get this guy off me!
movie. Yeah. Still don't know what it is. Well, probably won't, but yeah. maybe well, maybe the, the question, question will help you. We get the second song at you first. I doubt it. actually kind of throwing me off. Well, like, this third one is just going to totally knock your socks off if you think you have any whiff of what you think yeah, this game is. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so. um, but, but here's the question. Uh, uh, this N64 game was a spin-off of a PC game. What was the name of that PC game?
like that song? That, I can tell you this, truthfully, honestly, hand to my heart, that is my bar none favorite song of all N64 games ever. Really? And I can tell you why. Because anytime I start thinking of the N64, that is the first song that comes to my mind, and it's the only song I randomly kind of hum to myself. And I have basically done so over the past... Jeez, however long, like yeah. 10 years. Well, there are plenty of songs that I do that <laughs> randomly. I'll wake up and I'll start singing something. What's not, what game is this from? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, that that is my favorite song for the, for the MZC4. It kind of kind of this kind of a weird source for it, but uh, the uh, game. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take a really is, crappy uh... crappy crappy guess just based on looking at a list of okay. games. And I'm going to say Robotech Crystal Dreams. <laughs> oh, that is a pretty crappy guess. <laughs> Um, no, the game in question, uh, uh, published by Activision, developed by Luxoflux, Vigilante 8. Oh, yeah. The car combat yeah, I game. Would. Yeah, you car games. I, I have seen that game in motion, that's as much as I can say about it. Well, at least you've seen it. And uh, I'll answer the question first, because it's kind of important though, what I want to talk about. That uh, it was originally a PC game uh, called Interstate 76. Uh, 76 being the year 1976 and uh, basically that game and also Vigilante 8 it was kind of set in the 70s like uh, the west southwest bases around oil uh, drilling and oil okay. fields and stuff like that that was like the basic story and like each car each driver had their own reason for you know blowing the crap out of each okay. other and uh, it was a really fun game really seriously fun game and always there's only a two player uh, multiplayer or at least this first game was I think the sequel was four players was mm-hmm. game but I didn't play as much as the original but uh, some interesting things about it, it was one of the uh, first games that uh, supported the expansion pack ah. via a uh, yeah you can just pause the game go into the menu and just turn on high res mode and pause menu okay uh, let's see uh, it had some like secrets like there are like special moves you can perform with all the weapons like if you had rockets, you could like kind of fire a homing missile, or you could hire like fire one that has so much force to like knock and roll the other cars over. And it also had secret launch modes that weren't in the instruction book. You like put in a certain combination, and it launched different, totally different weapons. It was it was it was awesome. It was a really campy, but in an awesome way, video game. Well, the <laughs> music doesn't even sound like it's from a racing game or, or a car game in general. What what? Well, it. it it, it's kind of the music's kind of uh, misleading especially that last song because that last song is from a level a secret level uh, coincidentally called Super Dreamland 64 <laughs> if for no reason it just sounds <coughs> and, and it's a totally bizarro fruity level with like all different colors and the, the last character you need to unlock to get that level his name is Y the Alien and he goes around okay. in a shooting <laughs> Yeah, it is a really bizarre, bizarre game, but it's a really awesome game. And uh, coincidentally, it's coming. Uh, they're doing a port to the uh, Xbox Live huh. Arcade. And when I heard that, I was like, "Yes." Then I was like, "Well, there goes ten more bucks." Oh well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but seriously, uh, if you haven't heard about it before, and if you have a 360, it's probably going to be awesome on the 360. So it, it it'd be very interesting. I can't wait for it. I really can't. I, I sincerely hope this next game is not a car-themed game. Oh no! This is a 
this is a, I'll just say it's appropriate for radio trivia. Okay.
different things floating around in that song. Mm-hmm. It's kind of creepy, kind of epic. Epic's a good word. Oh, I'll just have to listen to the next song. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm waiting until that third song. Because <laughs> I don't... I have Inklings, but I don't think I've played this game before. That would be a shame if you didn't. Uh, well, there are a lot of games well, I didn't play on the N64. Okay, well, maybe maybe this question will uh, jog your memory. On which planet would you find the, the Disco Club? Uh, actually, it doesn't help me too much. Oh, dear. Because the two games I'm thinking it might be between are... Uh, we're both kind of in a space setting. Thank you. 
honestly I'm at a loss um, I, I mean I, that could easily have been GameCube music um, but it, it's, I know it's, ama- it's amazing isn't yeah, it yeah um, first I was thinking it's got to be either like Rare or Factor 5 because the quality is just really high I don't think it's I don't think it's Rare now but the Factor 5 did so few games and this certainly doesn't sound like Battle for Naboo or, or Infernal Machine so I'm really I don't know it's probably I don't, don't know. know okay well you're you're right in your assumptions that music of this quality on the N64 could have only been done by a few yeah. developers and you singled out Factor 5 and Rare well it's Is Rare it first Gemini it I never is played the game never even heard music from it and uh so I was afraid. I was afraid to uh, afraid to guess it. And now you know the errors of yeah, your ways. Well, should have just guessed that. That was one one of the two I was going between, and uh, <clears throat> so I didn't really get that one since you kind of narrowed it down for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well, let me answer the question really quick before I forget. Uh, the Disco Club, which also houses a little mini game arcade where you can play some hidden bonus games. It's kind of a little joke inside. It, the planet is uh, Itchor, I think it's called. They're pronounced anyways, I don't know what it's called. But uh, it's kind of an in-joke in that it's like a military base for like the uh, bug menace you were trying to fight off. And inside that military base is, uh, is, of all things, a disco club. And inside that disco club is like some arcade games. Who would expect to find a disco club on a military base? Uh, Seriously. Military bases have all sorts of things on them. I mean, people got to live there. A military so. base where the military is made out of insects. Oh, oh, yeah. No, never mind. Yes. <laughs> okay, I stand corrected. Yes, but since, since you've never played this game, and if you have your N64, you should seriously go find it because it's amazing. Uh, it The music, as you might have guessed, is phenomenal right. and it's really it's one of the n64 games i think it's really the only n64 game that the music does a fantastic job of actually kind of putting you in the game world. it's like you can kind of hear that that you know some of the music incorporated sound effects yeah that was part of the actual music track and it, it kind of blended it helped blend the music into the general ambiance of the levels and just the different planets and the different worlds and uh, there's another fantastic music track that I hope you will be uh, I'll, I'll give it to you or you can find it and you'll definitely play it in the background as I speak but there, there's just the music it's kind of awe-inspiring it really sells you on the fact that yes you're these troopers going from planet to planet blasting all these bugs and saving all these tribal furry creatures from, from doom oh, and see it, that, that part you just said there put, says I don't want to play this game <laughs> Well, they're like they're like kind of the Ewok kind of. Yeah, I don't like Ewok. Creatures. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, but see, that's the funny thing about it is that it, it it's a collectathon in the traditional rare sense, but it's a kind of a good collectathon because the tribals are like each level has a certain amount of tribals you have to try to rescue, but in the event that you don't rescue them and you kill them, after their body disappears, their head kind of stays around, so you can collect their heads. So you can either go through a level and try to rescue all the tribals, or you can go through a level and kill them all and collect their heads. The choice is yours. Does, does it make any difference in terms of the gameplay? Uh, not not the gameplay. I mean, if you collect everything, you unlock a bunch of stuff, yeah. and if you save all the tribals, you unlock a bunch of other stuff. 
So if you don't save the actual tribals, you save their heads, you don't get certain things? Yeah, I mean, you, it's up to you how you want to go through the game. If you want to get everything, you have to both save them all and kill them all, which is oh, okay. kind of cool. I see. <laughs> That's weird. And uh, yeah, and it, it's a, it's like a. I remember how it was billed as like, like a pure action game. I mean, it was action adventure, but it was basically shoot first, ask question later kind of thing. Uh -huh. And but there were still a whole bunch of nooks and crannies to explore. And there was one, um, one mode after you found all the parts to him, you had like a little flybot assistant. Isn't that two player? Two, yeah, so yeah. the second player could you know, pick up the controller and start shooting stuff. Not unlike uh, the two-player mode Mario Galaxy, uh. incidentally. Uh, so and you know, so it, it was okay as co-op, I guess. But really, it, it was a single-player game, and it was pretty epic, as you uh, alluded to earlier. It, that, that's a really good word to describe describe the game, and it is definitely one of my favorite N sixty four games. Nope, never played it. I don't know. It just never really appealed to me, and, and people are so fanatical about the game. That's not this. Honestly, puts me off too. Um, I don't know. Sound made it, they made it sound like it was a real collectathon because all they talked about was was oh, we gotta collect all the tribals or whatever the hell. It it was it was yeah. it was it was a collectathon. I mean, you did have to collect things. I mean, you literally there was like some sort of special enemy you had to kill, and then you had to collect his head. And then if you kill the tribals, you collect their heads. You're not really like selling me on the game. I'm parts. sorry. All I'm hearing well, is collecting. No, but, but the thing about it is, the process which with you go through the game was so enjoyable, so amazing, it was so just incredible, I would say, just for me personally. And the action, the action was pretty good too, it was pretty you know, intense, it was, they didn't mess around with some of the uh, battle sequences. You didn't mind, you know, taking a break between the sequences, and if you're gonna not do anything between, you know, huge fights, you know, collecting this and that is not going to really kill anything. And that's the point. Or like, you know, whereas, you know, Donkey Kong 64, the whole point of the game in order to progress right. is collecting. But in Jet Force Gemini, you just go, for, go through this level, go through this level, go through this level, picking up stuff along the way. Okay. Which is, you know, it's, it's not blatant. They don't force it upon you. And, and actually, I remember specifically seeking out, just searching every single nook and cranny for like these tribals so I could save them and or kill them so or if you locate them actually that's, that's all you have to do so uh, and I, I must have spent like a half an hour on one level just scanning every little like a secret compartment or whatever and I actually I enjoyed it just because it was optional you know in kind of the same way all of Zelda's collecting yeah. stuff is mostly optional and it just kind of adds another challenge to the game it doesn't get in get in this way at all not really. No. Are you telling so. me that Rare should make a Metroid game? Or a Metroid knockoff game? Well, wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Not that Retro didn't do a good job at it, but... <laughs> oh. Alright, well, uh, one of those games I just never played. And uh, I didn't even, I didn't, great, didn't even know it had such good music. So. Great music. Yeah. I mean, there are at least three or four other tracks that are just as good as those. Easy. So, uh, yeah, so that was Jeff Force Gemini, and uh, that's five N64 games. That is five N64 games. We're... I'm kind of sho shocked you didn't choose any Mario Party games or something, but... Uh, <laughs> I've had enough of Mario Party. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I got Mario 64 and Star Fox 64, so you're not enough Nintendo, but we'll have plenty yeah. of other and games. Those, the, those are the only games I got. <laughs> so, so, you, so you, how, many, how many N64 games did you ultimately have? I actually have quite a few. I just... 
don't remember a lot of them anymore. I, I probably have like 20, 30. Yeah, I think I had about 30 or 40 when it was all said and done, which, you know, for me, for the N64 in general, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I and I think that was mostly because there wasn't that much to play, and I think I would have played games that I wouldn't have on, my, you know, like the PlayStation. Uh-huh. But on the flip side, I think I'm glad, because there came a point in the N64 life cycle where you just couldn't release a bad game because nobody would buy it. Because the people that were there were super picky about what games they would be able to play. Well, so. yeah, I mean, my problem is that all my, my games pretty much are, are first party, or at least published by Nintendo. So. Well, I mean, and that's like the safe play, but yeah. you, had, you, had, you had publishers like Midway and Acclaim. And, Which uh, I didn't care about. <laughs> and, you know, developers like DMA, uh, obviously did like Space Station and yeah. Beetle Venture Racing. Yeah, and, right. And uh, th- there were a lot of good third-party games, and the ratio of good third-party games versus not so good third-party games was high, just because it had to be for third parties to do anything worth on the N64. That's a good point. And uh, there's like so much, so much stuff came from the N64 too. I mean, it had like a a claim single-handedly, I would say, invented the modern uh, first-person shooter controller scheme. You know, the look, the look, and uh, uh, was it the look, move, look. That's it, move, look. You're talking about like in Turok. Yeah. yeah, you know, you had the move on the one controller and the, the on the C on the C buttons and the look on the yeah. on the analog stick, and you know every game since then, even Goldeneye had that option at least mm-hmm. in it. And now, now with the two analog sticks on a modern controllers, every game does that just because that's just the simplest way to do it or the best way to do it. So, yeah. So, uh, any any closing? comments on the N64 and or its music. Uh, I, th- I think there was a wide variety of quality in the music for the N64. I mean, I, I don't know if we really highlighted that, I mean, but I mean, like, look at the first game we played, Mario 64, which had good music, but it was, you know, the instruments were kind of simple, and then you take game 5, which which was just really complex, and, you know, you couldn't even tell what system it was on anymore. And uh, so, it's kind of a good example of how, like, you know, leveraging the technology and, and whatever tools you have available uh, really makes all the difference. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Gen Force Gemini even used like the expansion pack or anything. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it did, but I started thinking about it more and more. And I think it didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it did. So, let me, let me look that I up. Mean, really. Not that people really use the expansion pack to get better music, anyway. Really. Um, well, it could, it, it could have been used that way, but I doubt it. It really was. I, I, it really wasn't the uh, reasoning for using it, yeah. I guess. So, I don't know. I mean, it's incredible because all that... I mean, there is no hardware for audio on the N64. And that's something oh, Nothing people, dedicated, at least. Well, right. They, basically, all the processing is, is shared with the main CPU. So, um, it's kind of incredible that they're able to squeeze stuff like what we heard Game Five out of there, and still be able to. I mean, I don't know what the graphics were like in Jet Force Gemini. I imagine they were pretty good. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. So it was a later N64 title, right? So yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, N64 is is kind of poo pooed at times, but it had a lot of gems. Um, first, and I guess third party. I mean, I, I didn't play enough third party, but yeah, they were out there. Like it. Yeah, they were definitely out there. Like, the, like the publishers that were making games, third-party publishers that were, you know, making games like the four, they were they were pretty good quality overall. 
uh, will ignore Superman 64. Uh, <laughs> so, so what happened? I mean, things kind of went downhill in general on the GameCube. Well, like, you mean on the, on the GameCube, like after the N64? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just in terms of the quality of, of third-party oh, third software. Well, I, I think I know why that is, and it just has to do with the, the GameCube's success in general. Because, obviously, Nintendo wanted to do something like the Wii as early as the GameCube. That's kind of why they made the controller the way right. they did, the GameCube controller. And so, what Nintendo did is they applied the, the Wii philosophy, at least the, you know, the new control scheme and everything. Right. But the problem is they didn't distance themselves enough from the competition like they have done uh, versus the 360 and the PS3 mm-hmm. to where they need to make totally different games for it. Because power, like power-wise... The GameCube was actually, you know, just as powerful as the sure. Xbox, and both were powerful, more powerful than the PS2. But the thing is, Nintendo handicapped itself by making the discs smaller and by making the controller all weird. So all these developers making games for the PlayStation 2 and then porting them over to the Xbox, that also ported them over to the GameCube. They had to cut stuff out of the GameCube, lower the quality of something, retrofit their games. You're talking about weird controller. Before we were talking about well, specific yes, but... games that were made for the N64 that were of high quality. There's a big difference between that and oh, we're, we're downgrading this PS2 game to the GameCube well, and doing a really sloppy job. Well, that, of it. No, 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 that's exactly it. Though for all the third parties that made those N64 games, they made them for the N64. Right. They made it for the N64 controller. They made it for the N64 audience. And there was and there the was GameCube enough of an audience. Games, I mean, because especially in yes, the multiplayer, there was realm, enough of an audience, especially in the multiplayer. Because there's because there were, yeah, it was it was the multiplayer console because the four controller yeah. ports. So that's why it was a lead platform for a lot of games, even the multi-platform games. It was still a lead platform, and even because even though the the user base was small, and the financial risk to buy all those cartridges from Nintendo to make a game for it was high, there was still lots of money to be had on the N64. Yeah. And but but the thing was I'm saying what I was saying about the GameCube development, how it was like bad ports, not bad, but just not as good ports as they could have been or should have been. Sloppy. All the games were being developed for the PS2 because that was the console. And then when the Xbox came out, that was the multiplayer mm-hmm. console. So what was the GameCube? I don't know. The Nintendo console. Third place. <laughs> it was, it was, the third, it was third, third place console. And once you get relegated back to that status, especially with Nintendo on the prowl, it's not, it doesn't make much financial sense to you know, make a game for the GameCube when you have to compete with Nintendo when so many other people are buying PS2 sure. and Xbox games. And that's one of the big reasons why the GameCube has kind of sputtered out third-party support. And so, but the, yeah, but that's that's the GameCube. I'm talking about N64. Sorry. So let me let me get a final word on the N64. It, it was a necessary system, and the people who call it an absolute failure is are wrong. It was not a failure. It definitely didn't uh, live up to Nintendo's own standards. So in that sense, you could call it a favor. But with just all the games and all the innovations and just all the fun that the N64 brought to the table, how could you call that a failure? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I'm sure they made a profit on the hard thing. So. Oh yeah, I mean, even if they didn't make a profit on the hardware, just all the cartridges people, like, publishers had yeah. to buy they, from Nintendo, because they... They fell they, they, they they in that... publishers' eyes, and that, I think that's the biggest way in which the N64 was, was a failure. Because um, Nintendo did poor, poor third-party management, 
they they kind of went did their own thing. They didn't listen to the competition. They didn't listen to you know they did their own thing, and as such, they wound up shooting themselves in the foot to some extent. But that doesn't mean there weren't yeah. good games for it. it. Doesn't mean it wasn't a fun system, and that, and that there was a yeah. lot of good stuff on it. It just means that. Nintendo handled it yeah. very poorly, and just because it's just a bunch of factors, the PlayStation emergence and its better relationship with third parties, the fact that the PlayStation games were cheaper, uh, just the fact that Sony just had a, you know, guys, you can do anything you want attitude, and Nintendo was like, you gotta do it our way or it's the highway. But it, they, that only works if there's not a third way, <laughs> and that third way was the PlayStation way. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's the, that's the N64. We love it. We love the fact that there are games on virtual console for it, except when we have to erase so many other games to make room for But that's for the Wii's problem. That's not a N64 problem. So, that's it. No more N64 this episode. We'll do lots more N64 games in the future, I guess. Just because there's so many other games with good music, right? Uh, I don't know. I think we've used them all. Yeah. Say, just... You're not going to hear any more N64 games. Ever. Ever. You bastard. Ever. You bastard. <laughs> bastard. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. So, um, he's been Michael Cole. I've been Steven Rodriguez. This has been Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. If, uh, let's see, what's, what's, what's the uh, deal with I'm requests? I'm still taking them. I've gotten one or two. Uh, when we stop doing these specials, um, Wendy... Um, we're, we're stockpiling these requests, so we ha- always yeah, have them. Yeah, send them in. We can use more. We can always use what's, more. What, what's the address? It's, what's the address? Uh, Do we well, have an address? Use the uh, forum online. Yes, you, use the uh, the uh, mail submit form. You can email TYP, and he will gladly honor your request if you can find music for it. And uh, I think, as you've heard over the last bunch of episodes, we're pretty resourceful at finding music for these games. Yeah, wow. I mean, <laughs> I had I had to go so I had to go to some lengths to get the music for Vigilante Eight, but I am so glad I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would never have thought of that game. I, I was that was out of uh, left field, really. See, I mean, see, wow. see that that's why I'm here, and that's why Johnny's here, and that's why our listeners are here because they they remember good music from the games of yore. Yeah, that so. I, I don't know every game ever, so it's clearly because I didn't do so hot this round of radio trivia. So you got two and a half. Plus, like a two, a half of a question. Yeah. I'll give you three points. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Trust your instincts. We're done. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Super Mario 64 is copyright 1996 Nintendo. Rush Tomb Extreme Racing USA is copyright 1998 Midway. Star Fox 64 is copyright 1997 Nintendo. Vigilante 8 is copyright 1999 Activision. Jet Force Gemini is copyright 1999 Rare.